on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a one-day wonderful Thursday, June 29th. If you're listening on the podcast, you missed the whole front of the show where I screwed it up, but I'll edit that out for the podcast. But if you're on the live show, welcome back again. We'll do it the second time. That's why it's live. That's why it's fun. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, busy weekend coming up for the LA Galaxy. Get headed up to San Jose for the Cali Classico. Uh, Baby G's G2 currently down uh, 2-1, I believe, to uh, the Q2s uh, in a little MLS Next Pro action. Uh, before that, so if we get any more score updates, and maybe I'll have the chat room update everybody, we'll pay attention to that as well. Uh, gonna get you semi-ready, or at least pointed in the direction of the July 4th game, the El Trafico, an, a Cali Classico to an El Trafico, uh, coming up in just a matter of days on July 4th, so we have that as well. Some LA Galaxy news I'm sure we're gonna get to, uh, but first I just want to start by saying hi everybody. Hope you're doing well. Hope your family's well. Hope your kids are doing fine. If you have kids, if you don't have kids and you have pets, I hope your pets are doing fine. Your dog, your cat, your lizard, your snake, all those fun things. Your bird. Don't want to leave out the bird or the fish, right? We all have uh, we all have the, the the things that we take care of. Some uh, just a little bigger than others. Uh, so I hope everybody's doing well and is enjoying uh, their week so far. Maybe a long weekend coming up for you if you have Monday off. I know a lot of us will be working on Monday. I'll be working on Monday. Um, but I, I hope you're enjoying that with your family, your friends, and all that. And then if you're traveling up to San Jose, well, then good luck for you because you'll be up in San Jose. You'll be back. And then on July 4th, basically, uh, you'll have the uh, the El Trafico. So like I said, a Cali Classico to an El Trafico. Um, that seems to happen more than than really you would expect it to, uh, but with the rescheduling of everything, it, it sort of takes on a bigger... The Galaxy will basically play, play in two football stadiums back-to-back, which is kind of um, interesting for MLS teams, right? Going up to Stanford Stadium, then over to the Rose Bowl. Um, I, you know, I don't know what to make of either of these games so far. We're going to talk through it and try to figure some of the stuff out and go through some LA Galaxy news and some fun stuff like that as well. So that's what we got for you. Um, if you're looking for any of my co-hosts, uh, they were they were all busy. All right. And, and that's fine. That's we're, we're not angry. We, we won't get mad. Um, and as a matter of fact, they all have really good excuses. Uh, Christian is is off in Miami uh, doing some announcing, I think, for uh, for Gold Cup and some other things that are going on. And then uh, Sophie, the lucky Sophie uh, on her way back from abroad. 
Uh, so she was out traveling, gallivanting as she normally does. So we have that as well. Uh, and then the hammer was busy traveling for, for business. So uh, you're stuck with me, which is uh, sometimes good and sometimes bad. I'm not sure which it is for, for each of you. But uh, if you enjoy a solo show on occasion, then you this is your, your, your Super Bowl, I guess. Um, LA Galaxy got a n- bunch of little like news nuggets that sort of dropped this week, and I want to sort of go over those. But I mean, the big deal is, how do you feel going into a Cali Classico that then goes directly into an El Trafico? Um, there's a possibility for some really high emotions in the next two games. You wonder how the LA Galaxy, very shorthanded as they are, are going to handle that. And I think everybody's sort of waiting to see how Greg Vanny handles it, if there's a focus on one game more than the other. Uh, at this point, I'm not sure the Galaxy can afford to focus on either game. They probably just have to play one game at a time. Uh, you see who's ready to go for the next one at the Rose Bowl and everything else that's going on. There's These these games are, uh, in, in general, not more important than each other, but I know everybody would always like to... Uh, would like to take a look at that. That LAFC game is obviously the bigger game at Rose Bowl. Uh, Kevin Baxter, uh, good Kevin Baxter, uh, was out uh, tweeting today, which is always nice. Said that Tuesday's El Trafico at the Rose Bowl is approaching a sellout with approximately 80,000 tickets sold and a few remaining for sale. The game and fireworks show will break the MLS attendance record of 74,479 set last season when the LA Galaxy played Charlotte in Charlotte. Um, so that's, uh, that's headed that direction. It, it is, it is fun to sort of put this in the perspective of that things have changed in terms of the supporter culture and being excited for this game. If this game happens at any other time, then, then I think you see, um, you know, if this happened earlier and it was still during the book, it would be a, a pretty sad, sad sort of fate for the galaxy. But looking at El Trafico now with everybody back, I expect it to be a pretty raucous, exciting crowd. And and on a July 4th, you know, I, I will tell you this. It's going to be a nightmare to get up there. Uh, it's going to be a nightmare to get out of there. What happens in that stadium could also be a nightmare, depending on how the LA Galaxy play. Um, but I, I think that they uh, they usually rise to the occasion whenever they play LAFC. And so, you know, we're going to see what happens uh, in that game for the LA Galaxy playing, like, again, we've talked about shorthanded. The center back position is still the biggest one. As a matter of fact, the LA Galaxy announced today that Martin Caceres did undergo his uh, his surgery uh, for that fracture on his knee. And he's they're expecting him out three to five months, basically. That's the, the recovery. Now, if you notice, whenever Chicharito had his surgery, right, we talked about this. They said, you know, he'll be out for the remainder of the season. Um. And they chose not to say that uh, whenever you're looking at Martin right now, right? They said out three to five months, um, basically, and with at least uh, one, or, one or two of the people I've talked to, uh, they have confirmed right now that they, they are, as of right now, they're not considering it a season-ending injury for, for Martin. It is interesting, though, at his age, with his contract situation, I believe his contract is up at the end of this year, um, with his contract situation, that there's a possibility they're holding out hope that he could come back for the last what three games four games which to me seems like perhaps it's it's reaching a little bit i'll tell you this though and i've said this before the galaxy aren't short on center backs they're just short on center backs right now with uh you know zabaleta and neil off in the gold cup uh with sega koulibaly hopefully close to coming back galaxy have uh media availability on friday so we're recording on a thursday night uh, so Friday, we should get a better understanding of where Sega is in terms of his recovery. But then again, it goes into both of these games is how do you approach this from Greg Vanny? Is it similar to how they approached it in Colorado? 
um, with the five man five man uh, back line with the ability sort of to have the the guys like Cuevas um, and Raheem Edwards push up with Leardam and Caligari and uh, and Chris Mavinga playing in those and and somebody mentioned I think it was in our chat was that. You know, maybe one of the reasons Mavinga was playing so well in that second game was because it was a five-man back line and because the space he had to cover was was narrowed down. However, it happens, um, Mavinga played very well in that position, having not ever played there before. You wonder if that takes its toll, if that was just one of those, he was really focused because he'd never played it before, and now because he feels more comfortable, is he less focused? Uh, certainly something to to watch, but I actually feel fairly comfortable with him in that position, at least right now. Very small sample size you still have to worry about the LA Galaxy's defense and how the defense has the ability to affect the offense as well. Uh, if you saw that first half of that Colorado game, it was boring and it was boring on purpose, but it was boring. You know, does Vanny go with two forwards again? We sort of talked on Monday how whenever Vanny does that, um, that he, he still keeps a lot of the same things, you know, similar. He tries to keep things as similar as possible, which is basically basically keeping the midfield to three and trying to keep the spacing on that. Now, I thought the spacing was bad in the first half for the Galaxy. I thought that Judd and, and Jovalich did a poor job trying to link up with the midfield, try to, you know, be dynamic uh, with that midfield. And because of that, it was a boring game and the Galaxy didn't have a lot of offensive, per, uh, you know, chances at the beginning. But then the switch into what is a more normal sort of formation for the LA Galaxy with four in the back and with wingers on the outside did show some improvement. So I, I, you almost think that this is a very similar game whenever you're looking at the San Jose game. So with Caceres out um, and with his surgery now done, the recovery starts. So, you know, three months. So you're at the end of June, basically. So you can count all of July out, all of August out, um, and probably all of September out at the very earliest, right? And we can go look at the schedule to sort of figure out where we think that's going to be. But I'm not sure it really helps the LA Galaxy all that much whenever we're talking about it, right? So um, this is the July that's coming up. San Jose starts it off a very busy July for the LA Galaxy. It can get busier and August can get busier as well. Remember, there's going to be leagues cut played in between this as well. So you're all the way through August um, with three games, three league games being played in August, but possibility of more for leagues cup and other things. All right. And then you get into September, and again, you know, 9-2, 9-10, 9-16, 9-20, 9-24. Yeah, at the best, you're sort of looking at, you know, a 9-24, a 9-30, September 24th, September 30th return for Martin Costas, and that's like the absolute earliest that it could possibly be. Um, and so that's something to certainly watch is what did the LA Galaxy do with that spot? We talked about season-ending injury lists. We talked about how the Galaxy can utilize that with Costas, but having already placed Chicharito on the list... See, there's this weird thing in my mind, and, and maybe you guys can think about it a little bit. Is it better to take the cap relief from Martin if you put him on the season-ending injury list? Because technically, he has a cap number that probably hits more than what Chicharito's does, because Chicharito's a designated player. Um, and so his cap hit is, I think, $375,000. Um, and so does it make more sense to do that to Kosteris, but they don't want to put Kosteris on the season-ending injury list? There's a lot of machinations to that. I'd love to be sitting in there with Will Koontz and Greg Vanny as they try to figure out sort of how they do these things. And, you know, they still have a lot of things to do in terms of trying to replace Chicharito as well. So there's a lot of things that need to change or a lot of things that will be changing throughout this 
transfer window that opens here in, you know, what, for, let's see, July 1st is Saturday. So we're two days away from that. So seven days the, the transfer windows opens, which allows the LA Galaxy to do stuff internally um for uh for all of uh for for the league in terms of replacing chicharito if they find that um or they have to wait until after that is over after that 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 window is over to replace him what how are they going to do that what is the thought and the rationale behind replacing chicharito at this point um so it would be it would be very easy to sort of uh sit there and try to figure out what the galaxy or, or, you know, how it could go wrong for the other galaxy. That's the easy part. There's lots of places it could go wrong, but what are the galaxy doing right now to, to make that right? Because with Costas out, with Chicharito out, um, they have holes they need to fill and they had holes they needed to fill before this window even opened up. So uh, remember that uh, the a primary getting another winger was sort of a, a, a pretty primary focus. Now, with Douglas Costa and the resurgence that he has made, is that less of a priority right now? And do you take your time and wait to see if maybe you can pick something up in the winter? Maybe. has If, if you determine the, as an organization that the season is lost, uh, maybe that's the, the more wise decision. There are going to be players who are available in the summertime. There are going to be players who are available in the wintertime. All those things are open for the LA Galaxy right now. So... A lot of decision making is going to be happening here in the next couple of days. I just think the interesting one on on Caceres and and not calling him out for the season, um, at least not yet, is is going to be one of the storylines that I think we're going to be following here for the next mm, week or two, something like that. Um, so that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm expecting whenever it goes. Um, and and again, let's 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 watch those machinations sort of start to happen, and maybe there's pieces that fall into place that say suddenly, you know. Maybe there's still something to this. We can we can look at the at the standings. We can look at where the LA Galaxy are. It's still not an impossible uphill road. It's ten points. Now you have to understand that's ten points that like you know you have to have other teams not also get points. You have to have a whole bunch of stuff that that happens to get ten points. So that ten points is probably closer to twenty points. Um, and through the first half of the season, the Galaxy had fourteen, fifteen points. You're asking them to double their points total into that you know thirty five, almost forty. Um, and a matter of games in which they they couldn't possibly have have gotten that many points in the beginning of this season, right? So uh, it it is an extreme uphill battle. I, I don't think it's over. Um, I think that the Galaxy could catch fire and do a lot of things. Um, and I think that there's teams that are hot that could walk it back. But that is what I'm waiting to see: is how the LA Galaxy get through this summer transfer window. Um, how the LA Galaxy get through this. Um, you know, through this time where they don't have the center backs, right? We talked about it July 8th against uh, Philadelphia might be the first time when the galaxy could actually get a, a, a two play two center backs again. Um, and that's probably with El Salvador getting bounced in the gold cup and Eric Zavaleta coming back. I don't think Jalen Neal. And if you've been watching, I don't think Jalen Neal is coming back anytime soon. Uh, and speaking of Jalen Neal, uh, started in the LA gal, excuse me, started in the U S men's national team game against, uh, St. Kitts and Nevis. Uh, that was a six nothing win for the United States in that, but went all ninety minutes. Got the shutout. Jalen Nil ninety minutes. Uh, also made a sub appearance in the game before that. He's isn't it funny how you can sort of just recognize the real talents? Like y- y- whenever they're really really good, you don't have to sit there and say, oh wow. Um, you don't have to you know make up the oh well I could see him improving here and improving there. They just sort of move into positions and they go into places and they go up levels and you're like oh they're comfortable there. 
you know, uh, Jalen Neal came in in the second half of the Jamaica game and helped the U.S. Uh, you know earn a draw. And Jamaica has one of the strongest fields in that uh, in the in the gold uh, gold cup. Certainly one of the strongest attacking lines in the gold cup. Jalen Neal at every level that he's gone to has just simply been comfortable. Uh, and you wonder when that's not going to be comfortable, right? When it, maybe it's maybe it's at the at a higher international level, right? And with the U.S. and in, in games against some really good teams, maybe that's where he's not comfortable. But where does Jalen Neal look uncomfortable? Um, and as of right now, I mean, outside of the physicality, and Greg Vanny talks about it, every situation that he's put in, he's comfortable. Look at him for the LA Galaxy. If I told you that you could have Jalen Neal back for the San Jose game, you would want him in a heartbeat coming back for the San Jose game, right? Uh, he is a an integral part to this defense, has been one of the most solid and consistent defenders the LA Galaxy have had this season, and he's 19 years old. You know, Caligari uh, is a young player uh, who has come out and been really, really comfortable. Again, you want him, and that's why, you know, he sort of fit in and slipped into Julian Araujo's spot without much fanfare, but he, he deserves the fanfare. The, the young guys who just sort of fit in, who can handle the pace, who can handle and think fast enough that make the game look slower, well, somebody like Jalen Neal is, is really important, is really important. Um, and important to the to the semi-long-term health of the LA Galaxy's defense. I mean, Jalen Neal, if he keeps it up, is probably here for another two years, and then he's off to Europe somewhere. That seems fair at 21, 22. He's off to Europe. I don't think you're going to be able to keep him, but for right now, the LA Galaxy can really base a defense around him, find him a good partner in, in the next couple of years, and, and really go for it. I thought Martin was a good partner with him, uh, but with him out, that's something uh, that can that can go. Um, you know, you can put a lot of guys and I see the chat room talking, you know, oh, well, you know, you can put Brugman as a, as a center back. Yeah, you can put, you can put lots of guys. I think Kelvin Leardam isn't a horrible choice as a center back. Um, but I also think that if you're the LA galaxy in these next couple games, perhaps sitting back and absorbing and trying to keep zeros on the score sheet for as long as you can. Again, Greg Vandy said, shortening the game, um, doing that is not a horrible idea, especially up in San Jose, especially at Stanford stadium. Uh, there's a stat that's gonna that's gonna come out whenever we talk about that game that says 65 percent of those ga- the the games between the LA Galaxy and San Jose have been three goals or more. It's almost 65. It's like 63 percent, something like that. But um, almost 65 percent of those games are three goals or more. So by limiting the craziness and the chaos of the Cali Classico, which is just as crazy and nuts as a lot of the El Traficos, um, is maybe first and foremost on, on Greg Vanny's mind whenever he goes in there and the galaxy have an interesting schedule today or schedule this week as well. Um, when I look at my handy dandy sheet here, it tells me, uh, that obviously we told you media day on Friday. So look for updates. I'm sure, uh, Damian Calhoun will be there. Uh, he usually is to, in order to give everybody updates on that. Um, and then the LA galaxy will travel to Stanford. And we talked about this on Monday, st- travel to Stanford on Saturday morning. So they'll get up, hop on a plane, 45-minute flight, uh, travel up to San Jose, uh, and then probably bus up to Palo Alto at Stanford Stadium, and then they'll fly back that night. All right, so keep that in mind. Uh, The Galaxy will then be off on Sunday. They'll train on Monday, and that's when there's going to be another media availability because Tuesday night is the El Trafico. So very quickly, here and there, coming back um, as, as quickly as possible. Uh, whenever they're uh, they're up at uh, Stanford and they will get back that same day. They'll get a day off and then they'll play. There is no time for training. There is no time to fix problems, to understand different tactics, especially to walk through against the team that you're playing against. That's it. 
Uh, usually there's training done whenever it's a normal regular week, and pre- they probably got some of that done earlier this week because they actually had a full week of training, although they took some days off um, after the the Wednesday-Saturday games. And now with a full week to prepare for San Jose, they probably got a little bit of training in there, and now they're off to San Jose to take on to, to play that game. So there isn't a lot of you're going to be able to fix things, tweak things, work on things. There's going to be walkthroughs, and you're going to be playing. Sometimes the players like that better. And this is where the potential for, for greatness or really, really disastrous uh, results in these games can, can sort of come, right? Because if you have a disastrous game again in, you know, in that San Jose, uh, looking at San Jose, that's, that could bleed over to the, to the El Trafico at, at the Rose Bowl. Say you have a really good game in San Jose. Say you win that game, something the Galaxy don't necessarily do on a, on a, on a very uh, long-term basis. I've been to a couple Stanford Stadium games, and I don't think they've ever won whenever I've gone up. Lucky for you, I'm staying down here this time. Um, but I, I think that, you know, should, should you go in and get a good win against San Jose, that that only buoys you. Because let's be very clear, the physical um, aspects of these games... And the ability to play them in rapid succession is going to be sort of undermined a bit by the emotional issues or the emotional time with, um, with, with what these games mean, right? These are, these are more than just soccer games in terms of it's not just a regular season game against San Jose. It's a Cali Classico. And, it's, and it means even more that it's a Cali Classico right before you go and play LAFC at the Rose Bowl. So, you know, don't you can almost have to think of those two games as, as one in terms of the emotional well-being of the club. And again, on a four game unbeaten streak, or, uh, yeah, four game unbeaten streak. They've only won one of those games with three ties. That means something to them. I talked about it on Monday. It means something to them. So um, that's that's sort of one of those important things that, that we look at is how can you carry the momentum? So if you have a really good game against San Jose, that could carry over to be a really good game against LAFC. I mean, you know, you can imagine the headlines of LA Galaxy beat San Jose and LAFC in the span of like three days um, and get six points um, from those. And, and you know, knowing the LA Galaxy in points, that's a that's a considerable amount of points. It's a little less than 50% of the total points they've gotten so far. So those types of things could really boost the LA Galaxy when you look at it, and then they host Philadelphia. So it's a wild, wild week, right? So uh, you're going to go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, I believe. Um, and in doing that, that's how the LA Galaxy and, and it could could really pick up so some momentum. Um, let's see. I, I want to get to the super chat. Gary says, "What do you think are the odds the Galaxy make a significant acquisition this transfer window? It's going to be a long July." Thanks for the show, Gary. I think that they're going to make an acquisition. I don't know how. I, I think depending on what's available, they could make a, a, a you know a significant one. Um, I do think they're going to look for depth on the wings. I think they're going to look for and and depth means that you could get another starter. Absolutely, because maybe you're going to move Douglas Costa into the center a little bit. Maybe you're going to tuck Ricky Pugh into somewhere. Maybe it's going to give you some more options. But more than just that, what does that player on the wing do for you next year and the year after? Those are thoughts that are definitely going to come into play in this transfer window. It's not just about this season. Um, it's not just about this season at all. It's about it's about this season and next season. So the acquisitions, and I think Will Kuntz was pretty clear whenever he came on our show, but but talking to him, knowing sort of, and again, base level, I don't want to speak for him and we'll have him back on the show to speak for himself, that type of thing. But base level is he seems to want to plan for the future. He seems to want to add on. So whoever they acquire and come after, they're doing it because one, they think this person is a good fit now, but also they're going to be a good fit next year as well. Um, 
So that's sort of what, you know, that's my thought on, on the acquisitions. I do think that you're going to hear names linked to the LA Galaxy. I do think that there's going to be people being shopped around. Um, that being said, I think the ultimate decision is going to be made that that they have to, whatever happens is being done for the longer term health of the club, not just the short term, unless you get a totally short term deal, right? Like you have a guy on an expiring contract It's at the end of this year, you're going to take him for six months and then it it doesn't matter, right? It's one of those, we're going to rent you and then maybe we'll look at possibly extending you, but also we aren't obligated to do that past the winter. Um, MLS has really sort of shied away from those in the past, those six month contracts, the short term, the half year until the end of the playoffs, you know, in October, that type of thing. But I could see the galaxy going that way because it doesn't hurt you, right? It doesn't hurt that acquisition. It strengthens what you have now, hopefully. And even if you take a flyer on somebody on six months, I'm not sure it really matters. Um, but you could do a six month sort of, you know, almost loan or rental in a lot of ways and then let that person go as a, as a free agent and, and, and there. So that's my whole thing. So anyway, um, I'm trying to think what else is I, I, And please send me your questions tonight because as you can understand, I'm by myself. So if I have more questions and I'm, I'm happy to answer them tonight and tonight's a good one because yes, there's LA Galaxy news. Yes, I'm going to get you ready for the San Jose game. But there's lots of stuff that we can talk about here that is is any of those things. So send in your questions and uh, we'll certainly uh, go through that as much as we can. Uh, one of the other little bits of information that came across was that Ricky Pouge was named and selected to the 2023 MLS All-Star Game presented by Target, of course. Um, he, uh, If you watch the LA Galaxy's video, they had his parents uh, announce it. it. To me, it looks staged. I'm just saying. And not that I really care, but it's fine. Uh, Ricky deservedly gets to go. I think so. Um, the fact that he was a coach's pick um, by Wayne Rooney uh, is maybe a little more surprising, although I'm not really into popularity contests and I don't really care. Um, however, it ends up happening. But uh, he'll be playing in that game, of course, another game that he'll get to play in July 19th. Uh, that one is taking on uh, Arsenal, the 13-time English League champions. I imagine Sophie's going to be there, right, at Audi Field, home of uh, DC United. So if you want to go to DC in July, which I always seem to want to go to DC in July, um, then uh, then you can go there. By the way, one of the worst places in the world to be in July is Washington D.C. Except that July Fourth and like that type of thing. If you wanna, if you're really a if you're a big July Fourth person, then maybe celebrating it um, in the uh, in in the capital in the nation's capital can be special. My sister used to live there uh, for a little while, so she she used to love the July Fourth. She said it was pretty cool. So I can understand if that's your thing. But otherwise, the weather's horrible. So uh, Ricky Pooch better drink all of his his hot shot and make sure he doesn't get any any cramps or anything like that. Because good lord, uh, it's going to be hot, humid. It might rain. It might. I, what what are the chances there's a weather delay? Um, and any of that. So uh, Ricky Pooch going to the all-star game. And I believe that's the only, only one that I've seen so far um, uh, for the LA galaxy. And, you know, sometimes people get hurt or things happen and sort of the buildup. And so you can get other coaches picks or fill-ins or that type of thing. Um, but it makes, it makes a lot of sense that, uh, that Ricky Pooch goes for the LA galaxy. So um, let's see what else is it. Um, you know, I, I would tell you, and, and I see this a lot and, and stuff is like, oh, okay. Um, you know, the, you think that nobody wants to come to the LA Galaxy because they're a mess. And certainly there is a consideration there, right? But you also have to understand that players want to come because of money, because of the ability to live where they want to live. So Los Angeles is a good place to go. Um, and there's a lot of people who are like, I can help fix this team. I mean, 
professional athletes are kind of, you know, like superheroes in the fact that they always think they can fix things and always do things because they're very much guys who have throughout their careers either been blessed by incredible talent that allows them to overcome obstacles that have been thrown in front of them or guys that literally will run through walls and don't know how to take no for an answer and still had a whole bunch of talent in there, right? Um, so I'll tell you this. I think that that there are a lot of people, there are a lot of players who would want to come and live in Los Angeles, right, and play for the LA Galaxy thinking that they can help. Um, and it's up to Greg Vanny. It's up to the the coaching staff, the scouts and everything to go and sell those players on what the path is for the LA Galaxy. Uh, and, and I think that you can be more successful doing it in LA than if you're doing it somewhere in the middle of America or anything like that, right? Um, so just sort of keep that in mind. Just as I said that, that, you know, the international slots would be there and available for the LA Galaxy if and when they needed them and they have been and they haven't been outrageously priced or anything else. Um, I would say that that also applies to getting players within the, the league will also be there if the LA Galaxy want to. There will be opportunities for the LA Galaxy to land either a designated player or, you know, a TAM player slash winger, um, you know, uh, inside of this transfer window. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that that's the case. Um, and so uh, to me, that's that, you know, don't think that just because the LA Galaxy are, are horrible that nobody wants to come play here. That has never been the case. And as far as I know, it'll never be the case right now. I'm not saying there are some guys who are like, man, I'm not coming there. And especially if you're like inside the league and maybe you're like, oh, and, and you're a little older and you're saying, I want to go somewhere where I can win now. I get that. That makes sense. Um, but there are players who eventually you could be like, we can pay you lots of money and you can come here and you can play and we need your help to sort of turn this team around. So I do think the LA Galaxy will do something in this transfer window. It's just a matter of what's available. So we'll watch that. We'll keep you updated as it goes and, and see sort of how that's available. I wanted to get to um, to this chart real quick and I thought it was another good chance to look at the LA Galaxy and just decide how bad they're underperforming this year. Uh, there is a chart. It's points versus expected points for teams in MLS. The 45 degree line that goes from left to uh, bottom left to top right is the basically equal points and expected points, right? And so if you're above that line or in that upper left quadrant, you're outperforming your points. If you're in the lower right quadrant, you're underperforming your points. Uh, the LA Galaxy in Colorado are, are basically at the very bottom of the underperforming points. They think the LA Galaxy should probably be around the 25 to 26 point range probably right now. And the LA Galaxy are at fifth, uh, you know, in 15th. So they're 10 points basically below where they expected them to be. Colorado's sort of in a similar spot there, um, right there with the LA Galaxy. So you can see that if you go and look at somebody like uh, FC Cincinnati, who's in the 40 plus points, uh, you know, they expected them to be closer into a 30 point range. So they're over uh, performing by, you know, 15, 16 points at this point. St. Louis City was once way high up on that chart and they've sort of come back down. But still, even whenever you look at where they expect them to be sort of in that 25 point range and sort of in that that clump of teams in the middle. Um, I, I think the, the funny one, if you think it's funny is Messi is going to a team that is basically exactly performing the amount it's expected. They said, you know, uh, Miami should have about, you know, 15 points and they are, are 16 points and they have 15 points, right? So, uh, Miami is literally on this chart shown as one of the deservedly bad teams where Colorado and the LA galaxy perhaps are either unlucky or underperforming, um, where they're expected ones were. So, Messi comes there, 
he is literally trying to save one of the teams that is in the absolute basement um, and that that deservedly sort of lives in that basement. Like their 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 results are proven to sort of be in the expected range down there. Um, whereas the LA Galaxy in Colorado, while they're at the bottom of the standings, say that they actually should be playing a lot better than they are. Now, there's one thing about these charts that that I love, and there's one thing about the charts that I think you have to understand is that eventually some of these teams are just that. You just had a year where you underperformed those points. That no matter what your talent says, and I think we're all in agreement that the LA Galaxy are more talented than what the results have shown, um, Sasha Kleshin, of course, would tell me and has told me uh, many times, you are where you are. You are where you deserve to be, right? The table figures everything out for you. The ta- table tells you how good you are, and right now the LA Galaxy aren't good, right? Because if you have the points, then you're good. And if you don't have the points, you're bad. I like that. It's very, um, very, very, you know, black and white in terms of how you think and how you believe as a professional athlete. It's like, if we're down here, it's because we suck. I know we can play better, but right now we suck because that's where it says it is. And in order for us to get better, we have to win. And then we'll climb up this little chart and we'll be exactly where we're supposed to be. Right. So again, just an interesting one to sort of pay pay attention to um, as we continue down this path for the 2023 season. At least it's fun for me, that type of thing. Um, I just wanted to go and look at all these things. So San Jose is coming up. San Jose just lost their first home match. Um, which probably doesn't bode well for the LA Galaxy, except they're not playing at home. They're playing at Stanford Stadium, and that tends to change things maybe a little bit. Uh, but San Jose just lost 2-1 to one to St. Louis. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, going over some of the other um, other results, uh, you look at uh, Charlotte and Montreal at zeros, Columbus over Nashville, D.C. over Cincinnati. That was sort of the big surprise one, right? Cincinnati running away with everything, had travels to D.C. and absolutely got walloped. Um, I was listening to that game as I was driving. So that one, uh, three, nothing new England two one over Toronto four nothing for uh, red bulls over Atlanta four one for Philadelphia over Miami, Philadelphia coming on July 8th for, against the LA galaxy sporting Kansas city, um, lost at home to Chicago, Austin beat Houston and Houston was sort of running pretty rampant over San Jose in the game before this. Uh, I think it was a four, one win or four, nothing win. Uh, Colorado 0, LA 0. I think we're all familiar with that one. RSL 2, Minnesota 2. Minnesota's just sort of this quiet team right now. Um, I expect them to be better than they they are. Um, and they're just barely sort of sitting above the LA Galaxy. Six points, by the way, is barely. Uh, six points above the LA Galaxy. But, you know, that, that team is another team that you sort of sit there and say, how are the summer moves going to affect a team like Minnesota, who I think is a better team than, than sort of they're showing at this point? Um, so... Uh, that's something to sort of take a look at. And as we go all the way through, uh, Portland won, New York City won, uh, Vancouver beat LAFC uh, at uh, at BMO. Uh, so that was a, a little bit of a surprising result, although LAFC has not been playing well. Uh, if you've watched any of their games, uh, they have not been winning games. They have not been that dominant force. And perhaps the LA Galaxy coming into them at the, at the right time, even if they are shorthanded, the LA Galaxy are uh, coming into that game. Portland 1-1 with New York City, San Jose, uh, the 2-1 loss uh, to St. Louis at home, um, and then Seattle 0, Orlando 0. That one, what a barn burner. Um, so those are sort of the results that are that are sitting out there in the league. And I, again, I just wanted to go over it. If we look at the standings on the Eastern Conference side of things, uh, at Cincinnati, New England, Nashville, Philadelphia, Cincinnati with 43 points. 
uh, well uh, seven points clear in New England, who's in second place. Then you got Nashville, Philadelphia, Columbus, Atlanta, Orlando, Montreal, and D.C. Those are your playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. The teams currently out of the playoffs in the Eastern, Charlotte, New York, uh, the New York Red Bulls, Chicago, New York City, Toronto, and Miami, the aforementioned Miami. Getting uh, Lionel Messi and, and Barca light here very quickly. Uh, Western Conference teams uh, that are in the playoffs, St. Louis, LAFC, Seattle, Houston, San Jose, Salt Lake, Dallas, Austin, and Vancouver teams below the line right now, Portland, Kansas city, Minnesota, LA, and Colorado. So, um, about, let's see, six points, seven points, eight points, um, eight points. Let's see another three. So what? 11 points, 11 points separating Colorado from Vancouver, uh, 10 points separating LA from Vancouver in that last spot. If you got to 25 points, you'd be in the ninth or the eighth spot, depending on uh, your points per game. <clears throat> So that's sort of where everything's setting up right now. And as we've looked at the supporter shields and everything else that are going on, it's Cincinnati, New England, Nashville. So uh, four, count them, four Eastern Conference teams sitting at the top of the supporter shield right now. Cincinnati, New England, Nashville, uh, Philadelphia, and then St. Louis comes in on the Western Conference side of things. All right. Those are your standings. And if you want to know where the LA Galaxy sit in the uh, supporter shield, it's 28th, which is uh, one from the bottom. Basically tied right now with Miami for the total number of or on points per game. So keep that in mind as we go along. I think we've talked about the schedule a little bit, but the July schedule with San Jose away, LAFC at the Rose Bowl, home to Philadelphia, and then away to Vancouver. Then League's Cup starts. LA Galaxy hosts Lyon, hosts Vancouver. Uh, you, there's some possibility of more games after that, depending on how the LA Galaxy do. And then in August, at the end of August, the LA Galaxy will play Real Salt Lake, host Real Salt Lake, host Chicago. Uh, I feel like there's chances for points in there, but with this LA Galaxy team, I'm not sure you could say that. Uh, LA Galaxy uh, hosts Houston, LA Galaxy hosts St. Louis, uh, way to LAFC on September 16th, uh, September 20th, LA Galaxy hosts Minnesota, away uh, to Austin on uh, September 24th, and then six days later, LA hosts the Portland Timbers on September 30th. All of that will be here so much faster than you think it's going to be. It's kind of crazy. Um, we look at this game. Let's get you ready for this game. Uh, if we end a little early tonight, that's okay. I'm not sure my voice can uh, can uphold the entire uh, 60 minutes. I'll, I'll, I'll let you peruse uh, while I take a sip of water. San Jose Earthquakes, LA Galaxy. Uh, Stanford Stadium in Palo Alto, July 1st. The TV time is 7.30 p.m. And then a nine-minute lead-in to kickoff is 7.39 p.m. It's on MLS Season Pass, and it is on Apple TV. Uh, this one is behind the paywall, so if you want to complain, I guess you could you could, you could could start complaining now. Uh, we look at this LA Galaxy team and playing against San Jose. Uh, overall, the LA Galaxy are 42, 33, and 17 against the San Jose Earthquakes. Last time these two teams met was on May 14th. Uh, and the LA Galaxy were two one winners. One of the th one of the three wins the LA Galaxy have all year was against San Jose, if you'll remember. So uh, on uh, on May fourteenth uh, earlier this year, two one win there. Uh, it was Caceres, and then in the death, Jovalich uh, scoring uh, in that game in order to give the LA Galaxy the win. Last time the LA Galaxy played up in San Jose, it was a three two win uh, for the Galaxy. Uh, that was on September 24th of 2022. Uh, you go back, uh, you know, even further and sort of try to figure out where those where those teams are. These team, these games are always crazy. They're always fun. Um, they're a little chaotic. And when that happens, I think you sort of have to sit back and 
buckle up for this. Uh, as I told you, of the 80 regular season games played between the Earthquakes and the Galaxy, 51 of those matches have seen at least three goals scored between the teams. That is tied for the most three-goal games of any fixture in the league's history with DC United and New York Red Bulls also in that same one. And like I said, it's about 63% of those games have ended with three goals or more. I think you're going to see the under, which would be a fun bet uh, on this one. I think the Galaxy are going to have to sort of double down on trying to uh, not be as offensive as they want to be, and whenever they do that, they're going to uh, they're going to stymie San Jose a little bit. And San Jose is 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 struggling a little bit. Um, and and you say that from a team that is clearly has more points than the other Galaxy and has done better so far this season. But looking at San Jose and where they're coming, they're coming into off of a two one loss to St Louis City. Um, it's just the the sixth defeat this season when scoring a goal, and that is tied with DC United, Inter Miami and Portland for the most such losses in MLS in 2023. So they're not getting shut out. But one of the things that you can sort of look at here is uh, uh, Christian Espinosa, right? And Espinosa is their best player, is San Jose's best player, has eight goals, six assists. Um, he plays in that right mid center, that right mid section, um, sort of more on the wing. So a, a, a number 10 that plays on the wing, sort of, you know, the, the Galaxy have one of those as well with Douglas Costa, right? So... Espinosa has been that guy. Jeremy Bobasi is also has been that guy for them. I think he has seven goals for uh, for San Jose. The big thing here is whenever you look at it is that uh, is that Espinosa hasn't scored in a, a long time. Hasn't scored since May sixth against LAFC. I believe that game was also at Stanford Stadium where he scored two goals against LAFC and San Jose. Uh, San Jose uh, had two goals. I think they lost three to two overall in that game, but I believe that was also at Stanford Stadium. So if you're looking for for Espinosa to sort of have a big game, one of the reasons could be because of the venue and sort of how he plays and, and where he comes from. Right. Um, and so uh, for me, looking at at the game against uh, St. Louis and, you know, St. Louis had some guys who were making their first MLS starts. They were un, they were undermanned. Uh, and then a 60th minute or almost 60, 58th minute uh, penalty kick uh, gave St. Louis the game. And it was a stupid foul by San Jose. Absolutely. Um, but you have to watch out for Espinosa. He may not have been scoring. Uh, I think he's scoreless in his last nine games, if I remember correctly. Um, and he may not be scoring. He did have an assist, I think, two games ago. So he's still a threat. He's going to be a threat on that right hand side. And it's funny because even whenever you go and look at their formations for San Jose, um, you can see they're tilted towards Espinosa, right? He is one of their most, you know, uh, used players on that right-hand side, uh, really sort of flaring out into that deep pocket, right? So you're looking at the left-hand side. So whoever's playing that left-back role, whether it's Edwards or Alde or whoever's going to be over there, uh, they're going to have to deal with Espinosa in this game. And he is a dangerous, dangerous player. And listen, San Jose has good spacing. Uh, they do a good job of of tearing people down. If you watch the St. Louis game, it was a high press and a back press game that gave San Jose their one goal that they scored. Um, and I think that with that high press, you could certainly see that being effective on the LA Galaxy. Here's another thing to think of. The Stanford Stadium field is a little shorter, a little little, little less wide than, than the Galaxy really like to play. And so that's going to kind of condense things a little bit. And the LA Galaxy love to play out of the back. Well, with a high press from San Jose, with the ability to condense the field because the field isn't as big, um, and San Jose being a speedy, difficult little team, I think the Galaxy are going to have trouble with possession building out of the back. So maybe this is a game, much like the Colorado game, where in the first half the LA Galaxy seed possession um, and they don't have the ball as much. Maybe they are looking to run on the counters. Um, I just, I have this feeling that Vanny liked sort of how the team reacted with the five man back line and the two men up front. Um, and the only reason really to keep the two men on front, we've, we've talked about this is that we can keep the midfield sort of the same and try to have that same spacing. Um, 
if that all works, uh, then maybe they could do something a little smash and grab similar to what what they were trying to do against Colorado. But, you know, it takes execution on that. It would also help you set up for the Rose Bowl game. There's there's 50% of me that says they're going to play the exact same sort of starting lineup, um, maybe with some more starters in there. Maybe Tyler Boyd starts or something like that, where you could you could figure out a way to get Boyd into the game a little earlier. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you sort of keep it the same way. Um, but I'm telling you, the Stanford Stadium pitch is not a good one. Uh, it has never really been a good one for the LA Galaxy. Uh, most of the games that I go there and watch have been little travesties in their own way. Uh, I remember going with going up there with Zlatan and watching Zlatan try to beat San Jose in that stadium, um, and, and that didn't work, right? So, excuse me. Um, so that's that's sort of what I see when I see this game. Now, if we look at the overall stats, right, and, and where it is. Um, that, and that's not the one I wanted. I wanted this one. Hold on. Sorry. Um, you can see that San Jose's possession was sort of in the 49% overall this season. So there's, there's sort of like, yeah, we can have possession. We don't always need it. Um, and the LA galaxy have usually have the possession at 56. I would expect that that's going to flip flop in this game. Uh, the galaxy take more shots. They take more shots on goal. Um, they have, uh, more block shots, uh, than anybody. Uh, really it feels like, uh, 530.8 total passes uh, for the LA Galaxy to 447.6 for San Jose. Again, possession versus uh, counterattacking and everything that's sort of coming on there. Um, I'm trying to see the other thing. Uh, you know, what I noticed was Espinosa's dangerous on corners, dangerous on set pieces, uh, especially set pieces with with good looks at goal. Espinosa can, can put them in, so the Galaxy have to try to limit that as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there's some... There's something in this game that's going to come down to a couple of really interesting plays. I would love for it to be Dayon Jovalich coming in at the end of the game um, and sort of trying to to score in those situations that we've seen him in so many times. And Dayon usually gets up for for these 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 rivalry games. So I think that there should be some confidence in the fact that he could do that um, again in this particular one. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to talk about the the um, San Jose game. Oh, Cade Cowell's out um, with the Gold Cup. So he was gone for a little while with the uh, U23s, I think, at the U23 World Cup. And now he's out with the Gold Cup as well. Um, And the Stanford Stadium chaos. You know, there's going to be uh, some pretty crazy uh, minutes in this game. There always have been. There always will be. And this is one of those games where the Galaxy literally cannot rest or breathe until the game is completely over. And how does that set them up? And how much work do they have to do? Um, ultimately in the perfect world, the LA galaxy scored two goals in the first half school to score the third goal in the start of the first half and have it be three, nothing. And then you can sort of coast through the rest of the games. So that way you can save yourself for that LAFC game. That's coming up just days later. Uh, so that would be a perfect world scenario. You want to see that it's a three, nothing win and the galaxy are fairly, uh, confident in, in sort of seeing the game out and don't have to do a ton of work in order to do that. Now, total pie in the sky. I think that's so optimistic. It's almost gross at this point. Um, this is going to be a battle between these two teams, and I, I don't see it any other way. It's going to be a one-goal game either way. I can see it being a draw um, just because I don't think either of these teams is in great form right now. Um, but depending on what Espinosa decides to do, uh, if he has sort of that MVP level that he was at the beginning of the year, then it's his game. Depending on Christian 
Espinosa. That's what that's what this game does. If he has a really good game, I think San Jose is going to win. Uh, if he doesn't have a game, really good game, the Galaxy are able to take him out of his game, mark him out of it, frustrate him, keep a good defensive line, really push back on a lot of things. Then I think there's a good chance that the LA Galaxy can walk away with some points. And right now, the point streak at, at four consecutive games is something they haven't done. So stretching that to five is not a horrible result. Getting a draw against San Jose at Stanford Stadium yeah, you need wins. And we talked about it. And I'm at the point where I'm sitting there going, you need wins. The draws almost don't matter. But a draw in this particular case helps you look at that next game against LAFC as well, where you're the home team um, coming into that. So uh, that's sort of my thoughts on the game. If you're asking me to predict it, um, I'll say this game is going to be lower scoring than it has been. Uh, this may be like a one nothing game. I, I just don't know who's going to score for the LA Galaxy. Somebody needs to score. I'm just not sure who that's going to be. Um, and so maybe it's a one nothing game either way. Uh, but I, I would probably say San Jose wins this game just because uh, they usually do pretty well at Stanford Stadium. It's usually crazy to their advantage um, in this one. If we're looking ahead just a little bit into the Rose Bowl in the July 4th game, I just want to at least give you a little bit. That's like the tiniest little um, little graphic ever because I, I threw it in here last minute. And I forgot to uh, to fix it. Let's let's fix this here. We I, I know how to fix graphics. We can we can we can make this ha- make this happen. All right. Uh, the match day timeline for that July 4th game, 1 30 p.m. Parking lots open. 4 30 is media gates. Um, 2 30 to 6 30 is fan fest. Uh, 5.30 is stadium gates open, 7.30 is kickoff, and then post-game fireworks show. That is what your timeline at the July 4th Rose Bowl game will be if you're uh, if you're going to be headed to that game. I know a lot of people who are staying away from that game. I don't blame you. I understand why. Um, and it has nothing to do with the LA Galaxy or worrying about them losing to LAFC. It has everything to do with getting stuck at the Rose Bowl all night um, on July 4th and having to drive all the way up to the Rose Bowl. But I think people who go will have a, have a good time. And as it goes with uh, El Traficos, uh, there are always memorable ones, and this one very well could be another memorable one um, with a league attendance record on the line, expecting close to maybe 90,000 people. So I think a lot of people are going to be excited for this game. And again, it puts this game as one of the marquee matchups in all of Major League Soccer. We're going to talk about it on Monday. Uh, Monday night, as of right now, we're recording. Kevin and I will record on Monday night to sort of uh, get you ready for this El Trafico on Tuesday. All right. All right. Is there any other things that anybody wants to talk about? Any uh, any any um, big, huge, glaring questions that I haven't covered uh, for this? Uh, I'll let you know that the LA Gal- that the LA Galaxy's 2023 Leagues Cup match against League MX side Club Leon will air on FS1 and MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. Uh, there was also a big announcement that uh, all the games for leagues uh, for for the Leagues Cup will be on Apple TV in Mexico as well. And at one point, that was not the case. Uh, we already talked about the limited tickets. Uh, we talked about the schedule. Um, so I think we're sort of in the position of uh, we're we're ready to go. So um, we'll see how that all goes as it, as it comes down. Um, just looking at the, the San Jose notes one more time. Uh, yeah, Espinosa hasn't scored since May 6th versus LAFC. Um, I believe that was at Stanford Stadium. And then recently had an assist versus Houston. Uh, Abobasi has gone three games without scoring as well. So San Jose in a little bit of a drought in terms of the, the guys who they expect to score goals, scoring goals. So maybe that works in the LA Galaxy's advantage. Maybe it doesn't. All right. Um, I think that about does it. Let's call it a night.
All right. I'm glad everybody could stop and join us for a little bit. That was fun. Uh, and uh, good luck this weekend to anybody who's traveling up to San Jose. That should be a, a lot of fun. And always, as always, be careful uh, as you're traveling up and down. You don't want buses running over light poles and all that fun stuff. So uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find all of our podcasts right there on the website, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Subscribe to our YouTube. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, basically anywhere you can get podcasts we are there and if you find one that we're not on let me know i'll put this on there it's not not hard i can do that all right san jose coming up on saturday lafc on tuesday cali classico to el trafico the road to redemption for the la galaxy perhaps maybe can we be optimistic it's hard to be optimistic all right thank you everybody for joining me tonight i hope everybody has a wonderful weekend enjoy the game we'll be back on monday to get you ready for el trafico all right For absolutely nobody else but myself tonight, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening to my little Corner of the Galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.